what is going on guys thank you so much for joining me again today um, we are finally on principle two of the happiness advantage now if you are just now joining us make sure to watch the other episodes um, we broke down principle one in two portions and we're going to end up having to break principle two down into two portions just because there's so much that i want to go over with you guys now um today we're going to be talking about principle two and it's the fulcrum and the lever okay that's what the um, principle is called and i'm going to go over half of it and then i'll go over half of it tomorrow so i want to start off with um, one of my favorite quotes from it. it says while we of course can't change reality through sheer force of will alone we can use our brains to change how we process the world and that in return changes how we react to it so it's um we're we're not saying of course we can't change reality we can't change what's going on but we can help you know take what is going around us and process it in a different way so that we can react to it better right and that's kind of what it's saying Happiness is not about lying to ourselves or turning a blind eye to the negative, but about adjusting our brain so that we see the ways to rise above our circumstances, guys. This is nuts right now with the world right now, how it is. Yeah, it's kind of easy to just kind of turn a blind eye and and look at all the negative. But on the flip side, we should just um, train our brains to see what it is and then try to rise above, try to make the best of our circumstances. Okay. Um, our power to maximize our potential is based on two important things. The length of our lever or how much potential power and possibility we believe we have and the position of our fulcrum, which is the mindset with which we generate the power to change. Okay. So the length of our lever, which is really just our potential power and possibility that we have. And then the position of our fulcrum, which is the mindset with which we generate the power to change. So with those two things, um, that's where we generate our power and potential. Okay. By changing the fulcrum of our mindset and lengthening our lever of possibility, we change what is possible. So those two factors, okay. Mindset and lengthening our possibility. Okay. It's not the weight of the world that determines what we can accomplish. It is our fulcrum and lever. So it's not the weight of the world that determines what we can do, but it is our mindset and it is how much we can lengthen our possibility, how much opportunity, right? Reality is merely our brain's relative understanding of the world based on where and how we are observing it. That's all reality is. So we can't change it, but we can change our perception of it which is crazy to think about, you know, taking a step back and saying, this is just how it is, but how do I interpret it based on where and how we are observing it? So how exactly is it that our relative perception of what is happening or what we think will happen can actually affect what does happen? One answer is that the brain is organized to act on what we predict will happen next. Something psychologists call expectancy theory. Okay. So how exactly is that our relative perception of what is happening, what we what we think will happen can actually affect what does happen. Um, so we just um, have to do the expectancy theory. It's basically just predicting what can happen next. Okay. 
the expectation of event causes the same complex set of neurons to fire as though the event were actually taking place. That's why those with anxiety and um, depression uh, can sometimes, you know, not be as happy because your brain is literally going to the worst possible scenario of something before it happens. And in your mind, the exact same neurons are firing as if it is happening. Now, if you were to flip that on the other side and say, you know what, it could possibly happen this way, but also it could end up positively. It could not be as bad as I think. And that is kind of flipping, like I said, your mindset, flipping your lever, flipping, um, the fulcrum, you know, and the opportunity there for you. So, um, you know, just remember that the power of imagining and putting yourself in a spot before it even happens, or which is the expectancy theory, actually, uh, as if in your mind, it's like, it's actually happening. So when that happens, it triggers a cascade of events in the nervous system that leads to a whole host of real physical consequences. Like you feel dizzy, you feel throwing up. If you're like scared and, and, and you're anxious and you're sweaty, that's because you're literally having the expectancy theory. You're thinking about the worst possible scenario. The mental construction of our daily activities more than the activity itself defines our reality. So when you're thinking and constructing of what you're going to be doing every day um, is more important than the activity itself, right? So when we reconstruct ourselves with the pleasure of the means, as opposed to only focusing on the ends, we adopt a mindset more conductive, not only to enjoyment, but to better results. When we reconnect ourselves with the pleasure of the means, as opposed to only focusing on the end. So basically like the how and not the result. So doing um, despite the result. So that, what that means is like um, a lot of people focus so much on, for example, in sales, I talk about this all the time. Everyone wants to have five or six sales a day, but, um, you know, if they don't hit that, then all of a sudden their life is over. They get upset. They're, they're frustrated. Why not focusing all their efforts on hitting 200 doors a day, which expands the opportunity that you have to make sales. And that way you're not connected to the result, but more you're connected to the means. Okay. The mental construction of our daily activities. We already talked about that. Um, Let's see. When faced with a difficult task or challenge, give yourself an immediate competitive advantage by focusing on all the reasons you will succeed rather than fail. That's huge, guys. This is these are my notes, by the way, that I've been taking. But when you think about something, a daily task or challenge, give yourself an immediate competitive advantage by focusing on all the reasons you will succeed first. Rather than fail, remind yourself of the relevant skills you have rather than those you lack. Think of a time you have been in a similar circumstance in the past and performed well. Think about your past experiences when you overcame. Give yourself some reasons that you will succeed before just automatically picturing and imagining the worst possible scenario. Okay? When we believe that there will be a positive payoff for our effort, we will work harder instead of succumbing to helplessness. Whenever I get to this disgusting state in my mind where I, you know, what's the point? It doesn't matter. It's because I do not believe that the positive payoff is worth the effort. Okay. But let's see. Um, so this is going to be the last thing. I know that I've kind of talked a lot. I, I want you to kind of process this, even listen to this again if you need to, because this is very impactful and crazy stuff that it's saying about your mind and how we perceive and how... Um, 
you know, our mindsets and opportunities. It's it's crazy to think about positive things first before the the possible outcomes of negativity. That's hard to do, and that that takes practice, right? Um, after many years and hundreds of interviews with workers in every conceivable profession, Amy has found that employees have one of three work orientations or mindsets about our work. Okay. We view our work as a job, a career, or a calling. So only those three things is what she found out. Um, you look at your job as either a job. You look at work as either a job, a career, or a calling. People with jobs see work as a chore and their paycheck as the reward. They work because they have to, and they constantly look forward to the time they can spend away from their job. So basically just dreading their life, and they just need to get money to pay for their life, right? By contrast, people who view their work as a career work not only out of necessity, but also to advance and succeed. They're trying to work their way up to a better outcome, right? To an eventual result. And that's a little bit better than just looking at it as a job. Um, uh, let's see. They're invested in their work and want to do well. Finally, and this is the, the third option, right? Finally, people with, with a calling view work as an end in itself their work is fulfilling not because of external rewards but because they feel it contributes to the greater good draws on their personal strengths and give them meaning and purpose so i kind of just invite you right now before we jump into the next episode tomorrow and finish this principle here what do you view your job as because i've definitely probably hit both all three spectrums in my life um, going from custodial to working in a movie theater to working at a high school to working at a YMCA to now doing sales. And um, when you look at a job, you hate your life. Like, honestly, it's like, man, I you just can't wait to get home. When you look at it as a career, you're still excited because you have something to look forward to. But when you start to look at your work as a calling, you actually enjoy what you're doing there. And you don't feel like it's very much of work. You feel like you can inspire others. And so I just invite you to think to yourself, where are you on that spectrum? Which one do you kind of align yourself with? And uh, if that's the case, maybe take action to try to reverse that mindset or get to a, a workplace that you can actually call a calling. So thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys uh, on the next one. Have a great day. And guys, I want you to stay happy, okay?